Thank you for listening to Changed by His Word, a podcast of Pine Level Missionary Baptist Church featuring the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We invite you to join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship. For more information, visit us online at pinelevelmbc.org. And now for today's message. Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. The Bible says, Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. The video you just saw was from 1999. I went back into archives this morning and had to pull that out. As a matter of fact, when that was recorded, that was recorded on an old VHS tape. Y'all know what that is, right? I mean, those are obsolete now. But I wanted to share that song with you this morning because when I hear the word forgiven, that song comes to mind. Forgiven is a song that was written by my father-in-law, Derwood Hargis. And the group that you just heard sing was Legacy. They recorded that song a number of years ago, and the video you just watched was 22 years old. 22 years ago, we recorded that song. And at the end of the video, if you were watching closely as the camera zoomed over to the right, you saw a young man with a head full of jet black hair behind a, a pearl, I mean a, a burgundy set of sonar drums. And believe it or not, that was me. That was back when I had hair. But I had the honor and the privilege of traveling and playing drums with Legacy for four years. And, and what, a, what a blessing that was. I mean, I can't tell you how instrumental that ministry was in my life and how God used that and the men that I traveled with there just to uh, grow me and, and, and strengthen me in my own Christian faith. So as I think about that, I am, am grateful for the opportunity. But, but even beyond that, today I stand before you as a man that's been forgiven. And I'm thankful that God has forgiven me. And I hope that you can say the same as well. I'm thankful that God has done for me what I could never do for myself. So this morning, for the next few moments, I want to simply lay two truths on your heart in a message that I've also entitled, Forgiven. If you're taking notes, I want you to notice first that as a believer, you have been forgiven. I want you to think about that. As a believer, you have been forgiven. Now, as one writer explains, according to Webster's Dictionary, and I quote, Forgive means to pardon, to remit as an offense or a debt, to overlook an offense and to treat the offender, listen to this, as not guilty. The original and proper phrase is to forgive the offense, to send it away, to reject it, that is, not to impute it, but, uh, but to uh, put it to the offender, end of quote. So when you hear the word forgiven, you can't help but think and be reminded of the greatest demonstration of forgiveness. On Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago, when Jesus hung there and bled, when He died for our sins, and praise God today that if, if you have trusted Jesus, you too have been forgiven. I mean, I want you to seriously think about what it means to be forgiven. I think forgiven is one of those words that, that we hear once and we tend to, to move past that. We tend to overlook what it truly means to be forgiven. But I want you to consider this moment just a couple things as, as we're reminded of forgiveness. I want you to notice your natural condition. 
Believe it or not, when you study the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you learn out quickly that you are an enemy of God. Now, this might offend somebody today. Because there may be someone here, either watching online, that'll say, you know, I've never offended God. You just don't know how good I am. But the reality this morning is that you and I are enemies of God. We are at enmity with God. And instead of having the, the relationship with God that Adam once had, that Eve once had, that relationship has been severed. So the natural condition, listen to me for just a moment, is not to please God, but your natural condition is to please self. You want to honor and glorify yourself. I'm reminded of what Ed Newton once said a number of years ago. He said this, there are only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. And so often today, you and I desire to please self. But when you really stop and think about forgiveness, the word forgiven and what God has done for you, I'm reminded of Romans 5.10. The Bible says, while we were enemies, while you were an enemy of God, you were sinning against the holy, righteous God, God did something for you. God sent Jesus, Jesus stepped in. And what I want you to see in the context of what we're looking at, because I've mentioned this time and time again as we've been moving through Mark's Gospel, it's easy to grab a verse of Scripture and just pull it out of its context. That's one of the reasons why we're studying verse by verse through Mark's Gospel. But this ties in so well with what we've looked at in the previous verses. We are able to understand what God has done for us. So in the context, what we've been studying... What you see taking place with Jesus leaving from Bethany, going into the city of Jerusalem, the triumphal entry, riding through the temple, heading back over the Mount of Olives to Bethany once again, going back into Jerusalem, spotting the fig tree that was in leaf. Remember that? What we see taking place in all of that with Jesus going back into the temple where he did last week what we have not witnessed Jesus do before, turning over the, changer, uh, the money changers' tables. I mean, he came in, he was irate, he was livid at what was taking place. So what we see in, in the context is judgment. God's judgment. And we tend to sugarcoat that today. We tend to overlook that today because when we hear the word God or when we think about God, what comes to mind is, well, God is a God of love. And we all just need to love one another. Well, we do need to love one another, but love's not going to save us. We've got to also recognize that not only is God a God of love, He's also a God of wrath. And what we see take place here is His judgment against His nation, His chosen people, the nation of Israel. Now, one commentator explains it this way, and I quote, Jesus predicted judgment on the temple. The cursing of the fig tree is closely related to the cleansing of the temple with both symbolizing God's judgment against Israel. Why in the world would God judge Israel? Why in the world would God judge humanity? Here's the reason, because like Israel, we all have sinned against the holy, righteous God. Now, that's not a popular Independence Day message. Amen? I mean, it would be better or easier for me to come in here and just tell you how wonderful everything is and how 
America is just so good and everybody's so good, but in the context of what we're studying, we see judgment take place. And I've got a word for you this morning. If America doesn't turn its eyes and its heart back to God, we're going to face the same judgment as well. So you're talking about a timely word for today. This is a timely word Indeed, you see sin, what we like to do to today and America as well is we like to kind of sweep it under the rug. We like to try to, to put it away and, and we use the excuse, well, everybody's doing it. My daddy used to tell me just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you're doing it, right? So sin cannot be overlooked. It cannot be swept under the rug. And when we think about forgiveness, we think about the concept of forgiveness, we think about what that entails, we've got to be reminded of the fact that we too have sinned against the holy, righteous God. Well, well where do you get that from, preacher? I stand and proclaim that week after week after week after week that the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's you and that's me. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, so what you get as a result of your sin is not only physical death, but eternal separation from God. While we were yet sinners, is what Romans 5.10 says. But if you back up just a few verses, listen to this. This is the good news. That's the bad news. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God, amen? I'm so thankful Jesus did for me what I could never do for myself. You see, the reality is you owe a sin debt. It's a debt that you cannot pay, regardless of how much money you have, how many good deeds you perform, or how many times you darken the doors of a church. You cannot pay your own sin debt. Well, hallelujah, praise God, Jesus did. Jesus paid it all. And I'm so thankful he did. So first you've got to recognize your natural condition. Can you imagine what would have taken place if Israel would have recognized their, uh, national, their, their natural condition. If they would have recognized that and understood that. Now, now, we're quick to point the finger at Israel, but we fall in the same camp as well. But thank God that Jesus did for us what he did in dying on the old rugged cross and making a way for us to be reconciled to God. Think about it this way. Jesus left heaven. He came to earth, born in the little old town of Bethlehem, clothed in human flesh. As John explains in his gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says that the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. Thank God for that. Thank God that Jesus not only died on the old rugged cross, was buried in the tomb, but resurrected from the grave, and now the Bible says He's our intercessor. He sits at the Father's right hand, interceding for us. So the only way for us to get from planet earth to heaven is through a person and his name is Jesus. And I'm going to come back in just a moment to the forgiveness aspect of what I'm talking about. Thank God though that while I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more, but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. Praise God, amen? I'm thankful for that. I'm safe in the arms of God. I'm safe through what Jesus has done for me. I'm safe in Christ. And if you recognize your natural condition and you repent of your sins and trust Jesus, you're a recipient of God's forgiveness. That's the good news. 
So as you think about Independence Day, I want you to be reminded, even above and beyond Independence Day, the fact that God has forgiven those who have trusted Jesus. So as a believer, you've been forgiven. That's something that we need not get over. We can't get over that. We've got to keep coming back to it and be reminded day in and day out that we stand in, in, in judgment, that, that we're to be condemned because of what we've done, but yet God has forgiven us through Jesus. I want you to notice secondly this morning, not only are you a recipient, not only have you been forgiven, what we see in this is we see the vertical aspect. This is the takeaway for you this morning. If you don't catch anything that's said, I want you to take this away. In this, we see the vertical aspect, the fact that you've been forgiven through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the vertical. And what we're fixing to look at here is the horizontal. How this is lived out in your life and my life on a daily basis. Now, this is difficult. I'm going to tell you. Because our natural tendency is not to want to forgive. Our natural tendency is to want to get even. Right? You think about what little children do. If one little child raises a fist at another, you know what the other child's going to do? He's going to raise his fist. I've got two, five and seven. They lo they're loving one another one minute, and the next minute they're ready to rip one another's head off. And then you'll turn around again, and they're hugging, and they're loving, and I'm like, what in the world? And Heather will have to remind me, you used to be a child too. And I did. So as a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit indwells you, God has forgiven you, and here's the challenge, therefore you must do likewise. As a believer, you must willingly forgive. You must willingly forgive. Now, verse 26 in my translation has brackets around it. It may in your translation as well. I preach from the NASB, the 1995 edition. The brackets just simply indicate uh, that the verse was not present in some of the earlier manuscripts. So if you have brackets around yours, that what, that's what that means. Uh, some commentators believe that a scribe may have added that at a later date. But here's the thing, it doesn't change anything about the Word of God. It doesn't change the context of the Word of God because... That exact same verse is found in another place in the Bible over in uh, Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 6, you'll find that. So uh, I wanted to point that out just as a side note as we begin to look at this second point. So Matthew chapter 6 uh, is another text that you're very familiar with. As a matter of fact, you not only heard it just a moment ago, but you recited the familiar verses as well. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Here we go. And forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. Think about that vertical relationship. Forgive us. You apply 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Here we go. Matthew chapter 6. As we... Forgive our debtors. As a believer, you must willingly forgive others. Not only other believers, but those that are outside the faith as well. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 14, following that prayer, you have these words, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, here we go, verse 15, then your Father will not forgive 
your transgressions. Now look at Mark 11.25. This is the verse that I'm preaching from. 11.25, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you. So I want you to think for just a moment about something that someone has done to hurt you. Don't say it out loud, but just think for a moment about something someone has done to hurt you. No doubt everyone has been hurt in some way, shape, or form. It could be something that was recent. It may be something that happened a long time ago. And, and it may be something that is minor, a minor infraction, yet you can't move beyond it. You, you can't get over it. And it, it could be that the, the person that you have all against that, 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 that you're uh, wanting uh, to forgive, that, that they're not even aware of what's taken place. So there's a lot of things to consider as we think about this. It might be something major. A, a major offense. It may be a, 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 something severe. It may be a, a, a wound that still hurts and you have scars to bear the evidence of what's taken place. As I was thinking about this, a story came to mind. Perhaps you've seen the story in the news. Back in 2018, there was a former Dallas police officer named Amber Geiger. She entered, while she was, on, uh, while she was getting off of duty, coming home, what she thought was her apartment. And when she entered it, she saw a gentleman inside, and she shot and killed him. She happened to be on the wrong level of the apartment complex, and it was not her apartment, but she entered the apartment of Botham Jean. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison. But what stood out most about that case was not just hearing the testimonies that were taking place during the trial, but one specific testimony that stood out. It was the testimony of his younger brother, Brant. I want you to take a look at this video clip. I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that. But I just... I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And. I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family.
but I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. brother's life was cut short taken from his family you might be asking the question how how could this young man stand there and testify and say to his brother's killer I forgive you if you go to God and ask him he will forgive you I love you just like anyone else and the best thing for you would be to give your life to Christ. Jesus said, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Regardless of how difficult it may seem or how difficult it may appear to be from a human perspective. Anything, 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 whatever it may be, in this case, it was murder. How in the world could he do this? How could he offer this kind of forgiveness? Preacher, how in the world can I do that? How in the world can I offer forgiveness? I mean, you just don't know what so-and-so said to me. You have no idea what they did to me. You have no clue as to what I've endured. No concept of the way that I've been treated. And you'd be absolutely correct. I may not have any idea. But God does. God understands. Jesus understands completely. As a matter of fact, He understands your situation better than you do. Jesus suffered beyond what you and I are even able to comprehend. I want you to think about Jesus for just a moment. As you heard this testimony, Jesus, as He walked the road, people spat in His face. 
They plucked hairs from his head and from his beard. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. He was mocked, struck with a rod, scourged, beaten beyond recognition. He was even forced to carry his cross up Calvary's hill. He was nailed to an old rugged cross. Jesus endured the most intense, agonizing, excruciating pain in history. As he hung on an old rugged cross and was left to die for your sins. Not just your sins on the back of Jesus, but the sin of the entire world was placed upon the back of Jesus. And instead of crying out, Father, Father, I can't believe they're doing this to me. No. Did you know in that moment that the Bible says that Jesus could have called 12 legions of angels to come to his rescues? That sounds like a lot of angels, doesn't it? 72,000 angels. In a second, Jesus could have called them to come to his rescue. But instead, these are the words he uttered. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Dr. Danny Aiken explains it this way, and I quote, We can forgive because we have been forgiven through the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. Forgiveness so freely and graciously extends to us, extended to us can now be graciously and freely extended to others. End of quote. Greater is He that is in you than he who is in the world. And when the Holy Spirit comes to live in your life, the Holy Spirit empowers you to do the impossible. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do what you thought you could never do. And you can bear the fruit of forgiveness. You can willingly forgive others when you're continually reminded that the forgiveness that was extended to you by God through the person of Jesus Christ. Whenever you stand praying, Jesus said, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. You this morning, my brother and sister in Christ, are recipients of God's forgiveness. And we need to be reminded of such today. You've received that. And God's not just left us where we are just to receive His forgiveness. No, He's given us a responsibility. He's given us a charge that we're to extend that forgiveness to others. You've been forgiven in order that you might do so. This is the horizontal aspect. The forgiveness that you extend to others. And it's the practical application. The vertical, God has forgiven us through Jesus the horizontal is we offer forgiveness to others. The Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness. As a matter of fact, I think about the Apostle Peter asking Jesus, Hey Jesus, how, how often should I forgive? What did Jesus tell him? Seventy times seven. You should offer forgiveness continually. You've been forgiven you're to willingly offer forgiveness. You've been listening to Changed by His Word, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged by this message. If you have any questions about the message 
more about your relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact Pastor Brad at changedbyhisword at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.